Welcome back to the Word Bold Podcast, where we chat with the leaders in commercial real estate to answer all questions space as a service. This podcast is for anyone involved in commercial real estate in any way. If you're an investor, a fund manager, developer, property manager, agent, or broker, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I'm your host, Kayla Parker, and if you don't already follow Nella Pang, go at her on your LinkedIn by tapping in the link in the show notes. She's inspiring. In this episode, Nella shares her story of transitioning from JLL to launching her own office real estate business during a global pandemic when people were in lockdowns and working from home. As an entrepreneur, I find this fascinating. I've met Nella in person, but we first met virtually. She believes in the workplace, and we learn how she's supporting office customers and landlords across the UK as they prepare for post-pandemic working. She gives us some insight into the changing requirements from the office customers she's supporting and perhaps more importantly, the culture shift she's championing. She's not just a believer in space as a service, she's also a customer. We talk about operator partnerships with landlords and enterprise, success outside the city centers, and the importance of brand alignment. As always, if you have any questions or feedback on this episode or topics you want covered, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Caleb underscore Parker or DM me on LinkedIn. Before we kick it off, I want to share something that's been on my mind lately. I believe we in commercial real estate are in the people business. We aren't in the business of selling white boxes. The revenue generated from that transaction is just a result of helping people succeed. As such, it's imperative that we step up and lead the conversation to help companies improve their cultures. Good culture inspires. Companies succeed when their teams are inspired, feel valued, and taken care of, and that's why people will want to go to the office. If we in commercial real estate are passionate about helping our customers succeed, then we must champion good culture because Bad culture equals less demand for commercial real estate. Now, let's hear about the culture that Nella is championing. Jeff, let's kick it. Welcome back to the Workable Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Parker, and today I'm joined by Nella Pang, founder and managing director for Omega Real Estate. Based in Southampton, that's the southern part of England, Omega supports companies throughout their acquisition, relocation, and restructuring process. The Omega team also supports landlords who want to add value to their assets by leaning into the future of customer demand, or as Wayne Gretzky puts it, skating where the puck is headed. Prior to setting up Omega, Nella Bush, director for BMP Parabal, was chair of the Southampton Property Association and spent six and a half years as head of agency on the South Coast for JLL, representing offices, industrial, and development. During part of her time at JLL, she was on secondment to Refinitiv to assist with their real estate office requirements across EMEA. Nella is active in the future of commercial real estate discussion on LinkedIn. In fact, that's where we first met. But then we caught up in Southampton in person at Old Bond Store, where she's a member. Welcome to the Workable Podcast, Nella. Thank you so much, Caleb, for having me on today. It's great. I've obviously listened to a lot of your podcasts and been following you on LinkedIn. So to be able to meet you in person and then actually be a guest, it's, it's amazing. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I've been following you. And I have to say, I really appreciate your recent videos that you've been posting on LinkedIn. In the spirit of Dave Cairns or maybe someone else, Andrew McCaskill, <laughs> that's in your comments. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely an inspiration. And it's great because obviously Dave's based in Canada and it's... It definitely feels like my network is wider. And I think the pandemic certainly has helped me engage with people that are not necessarily on the South Coast. Yeah, 100%. Same for me. And I think that's a trending theme right now. And I'm really thankful for this virtual connections that we can do when we can't meet in person. But first, I want to hear about your journey from JLL. You had a career in commercial real estate to then branching out on your own, launching Omega. I I want to hear about the personal aspect too, because I know you're a working mom and you're a big believer in diversity. So can you just 
how did this happen? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really pro JLL. I've got a lot to be thankful for my career. They've given me some huge, amazing opportunities. But following 2019, when I went on maternity, we obviously went into lockdown and it made me reassess what was important. And I've always been really career driven, wanted to work in a corporate. I felt I was corporate and that's where I belonged. But actually the pandemic has made me readjust what I value most and unfortunately the Jalal closed the Southampton office and I had the opportunity to go work up in London whether I went on the corporate solutions side I would then have to be traveling I hadn't actually anticipated that lockdown and the restrictions would last so long so maybe I didn't need to be so worried about leaving my son at home and not being around for those kind of special moments so I decided that I would launch a and I'm really passionate about creating something a little bit different and giving that corporate knowledge and getting back to basics and offering my clients that personal service. And actually, it just basically meant that I was able to balance my career and continue to still be there for my family. This is a uh, very fascinating, and and I think this is a hot topic right now. And before we move forward in this interview, I, I want to dive into this specific topic. You had a baby and ultimately the situation with work changed to where you needed to choose your personal life over your career, but you've ended up launching a business. Congratulations. I'm excited about that because I'm a big believer in entrepreneurship. Just this past week, Nella, there was an article in BBC about a woman an estate agent. She had a baby and she went back to her employer and asked if they could be flexible with her starting in time, just shift her working hours. And they said no. And she, ultimately she had to end up resigning and she ended up suing and getting granted 185,000 pounds for wrongful discrimination or something like that. But my question to you is this idea of flexibility and employers being flexible with how people work. Are you a big believer in that, in helping facilitate inclusivity? Absolutely, 100%. I think the days where we were kind of that control management, it ended when the pandemic started. It's about creating that trust and that culture to create that flexibility. And I think a huge amount has happened about diversity. And I think there are many companies that are playing lip service to the cause, and that has to stop. We have to do more. We have to encourage women because we are seeing a huge amount of people that are highly skilled that are leaving the industry. And certainly for me, I have felt the anxiety about do I go and run my business? Do I take the safety net and go back to the corporate world? How do I have it all? And unfortunately, like technology has allowed us to be able to work from anywhere. And it's allowed us to work around our own routine to basically flex around our family. And certainly, like for me, my son doesn't wake up till seven. So I probably will wake up early, do a couple of hours in the morning. And then in the evenings, I'll pick him up from nursery at five, do bedtime routine at seven. And then I'm back working at seven o'clock. So having that flexibility means that we don't actually lose people out of the industry. And it's really sad that she had to go through that whole process and I appreciate as a business owner certainly when I'm recruiting I already know even guys are saying to me we're moving to the south coast 
we want that work-life balance. What are your views on this? And obviously, I'm a massive advocate at promoting the hybrid way of working. So I can't really say that to my employees, we don't offer that. And actually, Pavlina, who's in my team, she works remotely. We've actually met twice and she's been with me since February of this year. So almost a year and we've only met twice. There you go. This is the thing. Salesforce hired 10,000 people throughout the pandemic that haven't, they didn't even have an office to go into because of lockdowns and so forth. So mm. it is possible. And I think it's a mindset shift. The world of work has changed and many employers think they need the same structure as before the internet was created. But, you know, there are a lot of forward thinking companies and I'm thrilled that you are one of those people who are advocating flexible working. And I want to give a shout out, a special shout out to Megan Witherspoon over in Canada. She's the VP of communications for all Tria. She posted on LinkedIn yet just yesterday about, you know, caring. I'm just going to read one of the things she said. It's a long post, but I'm not going to read it all. But she said, I do care that your daughter is home with yet another ear infection. I do not care that you'll be offline for a couple hours this afternoon for her daughter's appointment. And she just goes on to talk about all the things that can happen in a personal life that take priority over the work life. And that's not been the case in the past. The work life has always dominated. So I think it's a mindset shift. But you mentioned the work life balance and people coming to Southampton and you're based in Southampton and you have been for many years. Is your focus just on Southampton? No. So yeah, majority of my career has been focused on the South Coast with a small stint of acquiring office accommodation throughout EMEA. So now 70% of my business is focused on tenant representation and I have national clients acquiring premises throughout the UK and that's on a national rollout. However, 30% of my business is representing landlords and service operators with their disposal strategies. So I tend to stay within a one hour drive distance from where I live. Okay, so 70% of your business is tenant representation. Are you supporting SMEs as well as corporates or just the big corporates taking space across the, the country? I'm representing them all, to be honest. I have helped Latitude Recruitment, who are a three-men office, to your big corporates that have a staff count of 750 locally, and they're a global player my 20 years in the industry, I've developed some incredible relationships with my clients and some have followed me throughout my career, which I'm really grateful for. It really is a testament that it's about the person. And I really love working with a mixed array of clients because I specialize in commercial real estate from offices, industrial, retail and development. I've been able to support many businesses on their journey and I'm able to kind of utilize my experience from all of those different sectors and cross-reference them. So yeah, pretty much all industries, all type of sizes. Yeah, it's all about the journey and building that relationship together. Well, I love that you have a membership at Old Bond Store and coming down and visiting just a couple of weeks ago was fantastic. I've been wanting to see Liam's concept there that he's created. It's, it's brilliant. I love how you can tap in and out and pay as you go. But what made you decide to join Old Bond Store? Well, it's actually quite an ironic story, really, because I actually remember looking at the old bond store to purchase as an investment when it first came to the market. And I was really pro co-working facilities, given my travels around Europe and the Middle East. But Southampton was slightly behind the curve in flex space and I couldn't get the buy in. So when I saw Liam had launched the old bond store, I was extremely pro and he approached me to support them in the marketing of the space to attract potential members. So one day I was doing a viewing with a potential member and I literally stopped in my tracks and thought, why am I not here? 
Um, so I actually ended up selling the stuff to myself. <laughs> um, and to be honest, I have a beautiful office at the Headspace in Southampton, which is literally minutes down the road. But I saw the old Bond store much more of a business development tool. Obviously, I just left a global business with a thousand people to support me from HR, marketing, compliance, health and safety, legal to obviously a small team. So the old Bond store became very much my extended workforce to be able to share ideas and tips. What's great about it is the ability to share ideas. There's that no bullshit conversation. And generally, everyone wants everyone to succeed, which is hugely refreshing in quite a superficial world that we're living in. It's nice to have those frank conversations. I find it interesting now, you've said you have the membership at Old Bond Store, but you also have an office at Headspace. Can you talk about the differences and why do you have both? Yeah, absolutely. So Headspace represents my brand. So I'm really strong about my brand and what do I want my clients to perceive about my business. As I've already touched, I am a new mum and I've launched a business. And a part of me was very much, I don't want them to think that I'm doing this part time and this is just a hobby of mine. So me taking up an office that I can bring clients to and rather than saying that I'm working from my bedroom room or wherever it is, I can actually say, no, I'm the real deal. I've committed. I've invested in growing my business. And that's why I chose Headspace. Well, Headspace uh, is, and just for those of you outside of the UK who don't know, Headspace is a co-working serviced office brand. And uh, Old Bond Store is also a co-working brand, but it's more membership-led where you buy membership and pay as you go. There's no private offices, whereas Headspace has the private offices. Both brilliant products, different ends of the market. It's interesting that I think about that as being two different customer profiles, but they've actually got one customer profile, you, that are solving this in two different ways. Yeah, so obviously Headspace is taking that need for me to have that brand and having that dedicated office. And it's great because with Headspace, I I'm mixing with like-minded professionals that are in a similar sort of industry as mine. So we've got solicitors, accountants, and I guess real estate is very well wedded to those industries. And it's great because we're able to share ideas and share clients, but particularly because we've got some mutual clients. But then, like I said, the old bond store for me is that business development tool and feeling a part of the community couple of things I want to point out there is number one, both of the solutions provide you with flexibility. But I want to pick up on your keyword community, and this is something that I keep banging on about with Spaces of Service and delivering the five pillars of Spaces of Service and assets. And I think what Liam's doing at Old Bond Store is phenomenal. He is focused on providing those superpowers in the community of his members, and it's a creative environment and softer elements of that community, and the programming that goes into that is fantastic. I just really appreciate that. Switching gears, Nella, are you seeing different requirements from companies today as you represent tenants across the UK than what you were seeing when you were supporting Refinitiv across EMEA? Yeah, absolutely. But perhaps Refinitiv were slightly ahead of the market as they were already implementing an agile workforce and redesigning the accommodation to optimize space. However, slightly different circumstances as the requirement was very much geared around a business restructure. But what we are witnessing is that every company is handling their real estate differently, depending on what sector and what culture that they're trying to instill in their business. 
business. So many people are questioning what does their real estate look like and how often will their staff be in the office? Will it actually be exactly as people left it pre-lockdown or will businesses be adapting to accommodate what they've learned over the last couple of years? And you'll be more than familiar with the ever-changing media announcements from JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs saying five days, everyone back in the office, Amazon, Apple, EY saying three days. But many are undecided. And But what they have said is that they want to incorporate the hybrid model and some of them are even leaving it up to their staff so really progressive in that sense so these new ways of working is compelling many businesses to acknowledge the silver lining in the pandemic and assess what is vital and eliminate tasks or projects which waste time and resources in an organization and we're definitely at a pinnacle moment where technology can transform the way that real estate works to make a business perform more efficiently so technology is being introduced to create purpose culture shifts and improve user experience. And this data is being used to establish the needs of one business, which in essence is then changing the way requirements we're seeing come forward. That's fascinating. And I, I love the, the insights that you have at dealing with these customers and, and seeing what you're seeing. And um, and we hear all the headlines, we read what people are saying. And there's been a lot of people in the industry saying that well, these are just PR announcements, just they're really uncertain on what they're going to do, but they're just making announcements to appease people or get the press. But I think there is a lot of uncertainty out there. But what I'm certain about is that over the next couple of years, as lease events come up, whether it be an expiration or break clause, there's going to be a lot of right sizing. And for these companies that aren't fast growing and have lots of more people coming in to their business, I think that we're going to see a reduction in footprints. And I'm just curious what you're seeing when it comes to working with the landlords now. And without getting into specific client names, unless you want to, how are you helping landlords think about space as a service in preparing for this office demand that's coming and changing? As I mentioned earlier, 70% of my business is supporting the occupiers. So I have a real insight into their business objectives, their culture and their needs. So ultimately, to understand the future of offices, it's really important to understand what individuals or the end user wants and needs from their workspace. So we've had months of working remotely and many of us are yearning for that social interactions with our colleagues, friends, clients, people that we met on LinkedIn. So a lot of studies have said that obviously that face-to-face interaction, a place to collaborate, a place to build a culture, reduce occupational costs, reducing commute times, convenience and reliable IT are featuring really highly. But what else is really evident is the health and well-being aspects. And these are featuring really high, even more so than the financial health of an organisation. So for me, it's no longer about letting or disposing of your substandard office accommodation. We need to be designing space with the end user at the heart of design, particularly if we are to compete at a global level as well, because people can work from anywhere. So it's becoming even more competitive. So we need to look at people, uh, landlords, property assets and see ways to add values, but really focusing on how do we add value to an occupier's business. So with the notion of working from anywhere, that war for talent intensifies. So businesses are using their real estate to attract staff. 
And it has been quite a difficult task to educate some clients and landlords to really embrace that space as a service. But space has to support agility and a collaborative working, which provides people with that high quality service. And landlords are having to differentiate themselves through the services that they offer. And whether that's the reception services, amenities, coffee shops, gyms, yoga studios, event space, the communal service that can be on offer can be much more compared to the hotel and the hospitality industries. But one last thing just to wrap this up is operators that offer space as a service has the ability to support many businesses to mobilize quickly. And it's much more about meeting the functionality of a space and it's about consistently nurturing the ecosystem that they support and supporting the end user and I think it's more than just looking inwards for example making sure everyone in the building is doing okay but it's much more about making sure you're driving the ecosystem in a broader way so making sure everyone locally is also doing well and that's certainly what I'm focused on locally by supporting landlords to understand the shift. How do we attract inward investment? Focus on supporting occupiers that are potentially relocating from London or other wider cities. As ultimately, if we grow the economy, then we all flourish. So this is the work and the process that I'm doing at GE30 in Lipburg. And it's about looking at the scheme, analysing the market, the trends, the demand, and creating a much more purposeful ecosystem, which will be an exciting hybrid work and life hub in the heart of Hampshire within a regional economic hotspot. I love that word ecosystem and that synopsis is very well said Nella and I appreciate everything you said in that and there's a lot to unpack. I'm hoping everybody's taking notes here because um, you're bang on. One, A couple of things you talked about is your sort of desire to help grow the economy and, and I think it's important for us in business to really come back and center in on, on the core reason why we're in business and what is our why, what impact are we trying to make and to hear you say that you didn't say that explicitly but what I heard from you is you were in business to help grow the economy and here's how you're doing it. I really appreciate that. It aligns with how I view the world. And, and, and I've said this a couple of times before, I'm in business to support and champion entrepreneurs because I believe that they help make the world better. And so everything I do is built around that. But the other thing, just going back to the ecosystem bit and, and getting the right people, I hear you saying curating that community. And this is requiring the owners of the asset or the managers of the asset to be more operational and be more thoughtful mm-hmm. about curating that ecosystem and making sure, as you said earlier, that it represents the brand of their customers. And so you've chosen Headspace because they represent your brand. And I think we could we can't like take that for granted because I think traditionally commercial real estate hasn't really cared about who comes into the building as long as they're they've got a good covenant and they're paying the bills. But to be thoughtful about curating that community to target a specific customer, that office is going to represent their brand. Wow. Wow, that is profound, I think. The other thing I just wanted to mention is that you talk about the changing in demand. I was advising a fund just this past week, and they asked me if I thought there was going to be a reduction in demand for office real estate. And my answer was no in aggregate, but the demand is going to change from these long-term leases. There's going to be a reduction in demand for that, and there's going to be an increase in demand for flex. And will it balance out 100% equally? I don't know. Maybe there will be a small reduction in demand for office space overall. Maybe not. 
not. But what I, I read something on LinkedIn, I want to go back to LinkedIn because this is like the theme of the century now, <laughs> but and give a shout out to Mark Kennedy over in LA. And he was responding to a post by, by Dave Kearns, I'll say his name again. And he talks about the move in hybrid workers that you were talking about a moment ago, Nella. He says a 1% move in hybrid workers equals 847,000 flex workers. I think he's talking about the U.S., by the way. And he equates that to 40.1 million square feet of term to flex conversion, which is interesting. And then he goes on to say that's about a $3.25 billion in added potential gross income because of the premium that flex generates on top of a conventional lease. Yeah. So I won't go any further into that because there's a lot of math in that post that we don't have time to talk about. But I just think it's interesting to see how this change in demand is going to require a mindset change from the traditional world. So I'm thrilled that you're helping landlords think about that. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, there's so much context with us because I think that we can't go back. There is definitely a still a need for your traditional models for particularly occupiers that have security requirements and don't necessarily feel comfortable sharing broadband with other occupiers. And they are looking for that kind of longevity within the building. And I think every company has different requirements on what their needs are. And it's just really trying to home in and finding where those common trends are. 100%. So all this talk about hybrid, and the majority of the big office stock is concentrated in CBDs around the world. But in your opinion, does this work outside of CBDs? Or is it a big city problem and opportunity? Yeah, so as mentioned, I'm obviously based on the South Coast. And I've been a massive advocate about promoting the South Coast as a viable location on a global platform. We have got some of the, I guess, Winchester is voted number one as the happiest place to live in the UK. And there are other kind of different types of places where people are choosing the regions as a viable place to raise their family and create that work-life balance. So we are finding that there are several businesses that are relocating out of London and the larger cities and are wanting to work closer to home. So one of the stats that I recently came across from Hampshire business said there were 45,000 people that were commuting from Hampshire into London and actually that's obviously decreased since the pandemic so we are now finding that they are looking to be closer to home they generally live in much more affluent locations so out of the city locations so we are finding a number of service and co-working operators that are expanding and taking space in rural relocations to provide that community network because ultimately people want the ability to reduce their commute time but still work in a professional environment and connect with the like-minded businesses. In some cases it has also acted as an economy accelerator for those locations and so in some cases we have also seen uh, Guildford that has been renowned to be the epicenter of the gaming industry. The great thing about the South Coast is that we're not wedded to one industry. 
So we've got tech, marine, defence, professionals, legal, insurance, and a huge research base down here as well. So actually, it's great because generally a CEO or managing director will live locally and say, this is where I'm going to open my office. And then it all snowballs from there. And we've got companies like JP Morgan, for example, that are based in Bournemouth, and they've got a huge environment down there. And that's exactly how it started. No doubt. And going back to what I was saying about supporting and champion entrepreneurs, one of the reasons that I launched the Bold Brand is to help entrepreneurs access space easier, because I do believe that commercial real estate hasn't been easy for entrepreneurs getting started. And if we can remove friction for these innovators to get started wherever they are, then that has the potential to impact the economy, as you say. I'm really thrilled that you said that. So you talk about these co-working operators, and obviously I've got a vested interest in this question here, but how do you see these experienced operators like me? I'm going to be bold and say that, but um, (laughs) how do you see us and landlords partnering up together to support this changing demand from office customers? I think it's definitely an educational process between both landlords and operators. There are a few landlords that have been certainly put off by historical operators, and I won't name them. They're willing to take all of the upside, but take no risk. So there are certainly landlords that have basically said, no, we're not going to do any leases with operators. But actually, times have changed. And there are various ways that an operator and a landlord can partner together. Transparency management agreements, which can vary on profit shares, depending on the capital outlay from each party, or running the management of the space. But where I think there is a huge amount of opportunities is for an operator to actually partner with occupiers, because many corporates are looking for lease flexibility, which is not always possible from a conventional lease. So particularly corporates that have strong corporate social responsibility agenda, and they've got a mission to be net zero or have the best building in the city, for example, some operators like bespoke offices are able to take on the overriding lease with a simultaneous agreement with an anchor tenant. And this works great as the anchor tenant gets their preferred property. Bespoke offices offers the tenant a self-contained space on a fully fitted management arrangement, which also incorporates a flex model within the building so that the tenant can then flex up and down based on projects or market fluctuations. And of course, the operator gets that rental premium for taking on the risk. So the landlord gets the secured income for a longer lease length and the tenant gets a space that is right for their business. So I think that's the opportunity where you need to be working a bit closer with the corporate occupiers. And are you seeing then uh, a lot of corporate occupiers seeking out these kind of deals or is this more of an education process that you're helping facilitate at Omega? Yeah, it's definitely an educational process. I certainly undertook this sort of arrangement directly with the bespoke offices with one of the top four accountancies locally. And I've just been advising another corporate and we've essentially gone through 10 different scenarios 
do we take a new building? Do we stay where we are? Do we put in a bespoke offering where they take the overriding lease and give us a management service? Do we take a brand new building and build something? And then we can then tick those social uh, sustainability requirements. But my client can't commit for longer for like a straight 10 year lease, for example. So then we're speaking with operators to say, okay, can you do this for us? This is the building that we want to take. What are the terms and what does that look like? And what does that service look like? And I think more and more corporates will look at ways to facilitate that because again, going back to the war for talent, they want to be in the right building in order to attract staff to come and work for them. And because we are able to work from anywhere, we are finding many businesses, I guess their staff are being poached, businesses that are based in London because they're saying we can offer you the London salary bracket, but you can work from home. So corporates that obviously want to create a culture, want to be in an office and attract staff, they are using their real estate. And a great way to do this is sharing that risk and partnering with the right provider. Okay, 100% agree with you, and I think it's music to the ears of of everyone on the supply side of this industry that real estate is still valuable, and it is an important tool in the platform of work. We're actually working with an enterprise customer right now. As they look at their relocation from 200,000 square feet, they're going to take 150,000 square feet, but we're going to come with them, flex up and down within our footprint Mm -hmm. in their building as well. So this is the future, I think. The future's flexible, but this has been fantastic, Nella. I think we could probably have a whole second podcast at some point because you have so much insight so thank you for taking the time to to chat with me today i have three more quick fire questions and i think as a listener of the podcast you know how this works Mm -hmm. so i'm just going to dive right in who inspires you in our industry so linkedin has been amazing to kind of hear different thoughts and insight and i guess i'm gonna say david cans he's pretty good he's pretty on topic yeah i like his thoughts i like what he's provoking in the industry and given that he's still he's CBRE he's corporate but he's actually David Cairns in his own right as well I think he's doing a fantastic job you know I thought it was interesting and I I don't know if he would mind me saying this or not but I'm going to say it but he's been banging on throughout this whole pandemic about the future of work and certainly been challenging the status quo which I appreciate but CBRE just came out with a report recently on hybrid working and I think to me they basically took all of his posts and put him into a report so um, I was excited to, to see that report uh, a couple of weeks ago on hybrid working. But yeah, no, it's fantastic. Okay, next question. Aside from this one, what podcast or media do you consume to stay up to date on the latest industry trends? I generally love the Headway Insight app as I can digest a wide range of books and implement learning into my business, client relationships, personal development. But in terms of the industry, I'm going to have to say that I'm addicted to the Work Bold podcast. You're pushing boundaries you're having those deep conversations and I honestly can't believe I'm a guest on the show so I have to say Work Build is currently my number one podcast wow number one you're making me blush I'm thrilled that you believe that thank you number two I'll make sure I send you some money now um, just <laughs> kidding but I, I know I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and being a listener it's just cool to be able to share everyone's insights and so we can continue moving the industry forward so thank you so much okay not work related where is your favorite holiday 
holiday destination? So I'm an avid traveller, so that is pretty difficult. But I guess I'm going to have to say Portugal, which is where I got married. And we've got our first trip abroad since lockdown in a couple of weeks. So I'm really looking forward to getting back out there. Surf, sand, vineyards, history, food, amazing custard cakes. Yeah. Is there a specific place in Portugal or the whole country? Uh, so Iracera, which is on the west coast, which is a national surf reserve. Yeah, so that's where we got married in a vineyard. So yeah, we're spending most of our time there and we've got family there as well. So it's great. There you go. Thank you again so much. Thank you for everyone listening today. Working mom, professional commercial real estate expert, Nella Pang. Go follow her on LinkedIn. She's engaged in the conversation of the future of commercial real estate, posting videos, posting commentary. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, take care of yourself. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And remember, fortune favors the bold. Drum roll, please. P.S. If you want to find out about future-proofing your portfolio, head over to newflex.com. This podcast was produced by a podcast company. If you'd like to find out how we can help you with your podcast, simply email jason at apodcastcompany.com and check out our website at apodcastcompany.com.